World's on fire. Our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. And you know why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. Pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It is time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass but we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. i got to ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a Coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Summer's gone. It's autumn. It's fall. And it's chilly outside here today, and just outside uh, uh, Columbus, Ohio. Thanks for thanks for joining us, everybody's out there. Numbers down a little bit. Maybe we'll get those things kicked up here a little bit. I'm working on a new monitor, so please bear with me here as I try to get this whole thing figured out. Because it's my other one got broken. I think I told you that story. If you didn't hear the story, sorry, you didn't hear the story. Uh, look, look. Let me let me uh, let me start out kind of with a mea culpa today. Hey, Myra, I love you, Myra. Uh, you love me, Myra. I sure do, lo- I know, I love. You. I know you, Myra. You've stayed in my house. We have a good relationship, you and I, don't we? Don't we, Myra? So oh, I, I just want—I just want to say up front. Yesterday, I—I—I uh, I was a little harsh with our 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 sinner. I'll call her our sinner, the one that snaps the ball, says the prayer. I was a little harsh with her yesterday. But, but can I explain why? I'm not—I'm not saying—I'm uh, uh, not saying this to justify anything. Okay. Folks, look at look at me. It's pretty stressful what I do. Now, it may not seem it to you. It may seem like just a, uh, this is just a show. Let me come on here in the morning. Do you know that when I start this show in the morning, if I don't have any content, that this show is worthless, right? So I prepare and prepare and prepare for content under the unction of the Holy Spirit, hoping that we're going to go where I think we're going to go. And a lot of times, uh, like yesterday, I don't see I, if if I would discipline myself and right now come in and say, "All right, Myra, pray." If I would have her do that at the beginning every time, then maybe the structure would be a little bit better. But those of you who watch every day, you know, I don't roll that way, right? I come out hot. I come out hot, and I got a game plan. It's the old football coach in me, right? The old football coach in me, and uh, it's boom, 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 boom in my mind. I when I call this play, I got another play lined up. I call this play, and I got another play lined up. So I get running, and then yesterday, Myra come, Myra, I don't even know why, Myra comes in, and she reads like she's in a kindergarten class. And I'm thinking, jeezy criminy, let's go here, girl, right? And, and Myra is saying, Coach, I'm reading slowly because sometimes people don't understand. Ah, okay, I get it. Hey, Myra, how long have you lived in the United States? How long have you been speaking English? Um, 38, 39 years. Okay, you're getting pretty good. You're probably not going to get any better at it, but you do pretty good. What's your, what's your, what's your, uh, what's your native language, Myra? It's Spanish. Spanish. All I can say is undele and Taco Bell. That's all I know in Spanish. And you are a remarkable woman that you can come on here and speak to us in English. Okay, cool. But at the same time, 
as we said, sometimes the accent gets in the way and you know that. So you slowed it down. And so I'm here yesterday trying to do my show and I know where I'm going. And all of a sudden, Myra, you're talking like a kindergartner. And I said, come on, Myra. Isn't that what I said? Something like that. Well, I've, I was wrong to do that. Myra, you know, I love you. Right. <laughs> I love you, coach. Thank you for being a great teacher. I'm learning from you. Okay, I just want everybody to know Myra and I got a relationship here. All right. This isn't just some lady, you know, so I probably could have done it in a better way, Myra. I, I, I apologize if I embarrassed you. Thank God that you're here. I trust you enough every day to come in. You are spirit-led. You come in. It's amazing how many times you say a prayer, and it's exactly where I was going to go. So I just want all of those out there who may have been offended by the way I treated Myra. Myra wasn't offended. Were you offended, Myra? If you were, you threw some no. grace, Myra. You no, threw I was some not grace, offended. Myra. All right, I dear. love you, I'm Michelle. We love you too, Myra. Myra, you stayed in my house, haven't you? Yes. Okay. Many well, so times. Well, we, we know you and you know me better than just this, this cue here, right? Yes. So if I put you in a headlock and give you a noogie, it's cool with you. You get it. You get of it, right? Of course. We're, it is we're buddies. <laughs> we're buddies. All right, Myra. Pray us in now. <laughs> we did. Yes. Hey, Myra. Hey, don't talk like a first grader, please. Okay? <laughs> don't, don't do that first grade talk. To me. By the way, give us the scripture so we can get it up there right now. Get us for the scripture so people can follow along. Revelation 18, 7 through 10. Revelation 18, 7 through 10. All right. Now, Myra, it doesn't matter how you read it because we're reading it too. Okay? Go ahead, dear. Yes. It is written, how much she have glorified herself and lived deliciously, so much torment and sorrow give her. For she saved in her heart, I sit a queen, and I am no widow, and shall see no sorrow. Therefore shall her prayers come in one, one day. day. Yep. Death and mourning and famine, and she shall be utterly burned with fire, for strong is the Lord God who judgeth her. Mm. And the kings of the earth who have committed fornication. Would those be those same guys that we're talking about in Psalm 2? The kings of the earth. Doesn't it mention that in Psalm 2? Where is this we're reading right now? Where is this? Revelation? Revelation. In the first book in the Bible, it talks about the kings of the earth. And in the last book of the Bible, it talks about the kings of the earth. Huh. Go ahead. And the kings of the earth who have committed fornication and lived deliciously with her shall bewail her and lament mm. for her. When they shall see the smoke of her burning. Standing afar off of the fear of the torment, <gasps> saying, Alas! Alas. Hang on. Scroll down. Spence, you're asleep on me today. Oh, I'll get in trouble for yelling at Spence. There you, there you go. <clears throat> Keep going, Myra. Yes. Alas, alas, that great city, Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour is thy judgment come. Wow, 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 wow. Go ahead, Myra. Holy Spirit, you're welcome to Coach Dave Haddle, and we open our hearts to you. I unleash resurrection power, love, 
and joy to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. Hey, folks, I wish you could get inside me right now. You know, you know why? <clears throat> you ever seen a you ever seen a Kentucky Derby race or a Preakness race? When they pull all those horses in and they put them in those cages those, before they let them loose. And those horses are they're taking their feet and they're stomping and they're jumping around because they can't wait to run. I feel that every morning. I feel that right now. I, I, want, I, I want to run. I want to run. But there's some things that we have to do before I can run. And one of those is talk about what's going on in Gettysburg. You there, Craig, or somebody out there that can help us out here talk a little bit about this great event that we have coming up this this weekend in, in Gettysburg? Yes, sir. Every, everything is uh, is ready to go. And uh, all our plans as put on the Liberty Action Network are in place. And you go to her events page, and it lists all the things that we'll be doing. And I'll be sending out an email to those who have uh, – registered uh right now i think we might have one or two beds left in the house other than that i think uh we're gonna have somewhere around 27 on the property to 30 and uh we got david hebner who's going to be uh coming in doing our sunday service i just uh finished up we're going to have a private guided tour coach you got to be there by two o'clock in the afternoon because i got uh, uh our church van uh our church that i go to it's gonna allow me to do the van and I've hooked in with an individual guide, right? You're gonna get you're gonna get an experience in Gettysburg for those who come along. Yeah, folks, know. if you've never been to, if you've never been to Gettysburg, the trip to Gettysburg alone is worth it. Go ahead, right. Craig. And, and hey, these, Craig, these are, when, when's that tour, these, Craig? Well, I have two of them because all right, we, <laughs> we can't all fit in one van. So I got right. the van, but I, I got a I got a certified guided tour. Okay, these guys are the ones that you pay, you know, and give you all the extra details that you don't get on the other tours. And uh, so we got one at 10 and we got one at around one thirty. So, okay. That's on Saturday. Right. And, and also people are able, uh, we're going to hook into maybe other people that show up. A uh, pickets charge is being given by the national park service. At wow. So, oh, so some, it. yeah, it's, it's, it's filled. It's packed filled. And we're going to eat good. So people can, can still come. You can come for one day. You can come for two days. We have cheap housing, whatever. You want to come, you got to get a hold of Craig. All right? Uh, anything else, Craig? Nope, that's it. We're all ready to go, Coach. The Lord has all blessed right. us. Okay. Hey, Lord. Uh, Coach, this is this is only three weeks. All these things have fallen in by three weeks. This is God's hand. Okay? Yeah, man. You, can't, you, can't plan, you can't plan these things out like this in three weeks and have all the things fall into place unless you got the Lord with you. That's right, brother. I appreciate what you're doing. You earned the varsity letter. Earned the varsity letter on this one. What's going on, Glenn? What's going on with the men's meeting tomorrow night, Glenn? Any word on that? I assume Glenn was in here. Somebody fill us in on tomorrow night, the men's meeting here. Because, see, I'm going to go to the men's meeting on Friday night here and then get up in the morning early and drive to Gettysburg. I'll be there in time for that tour, Craig. I'll be there for that. <laughs> Central Ohio huddle for men. Mike Blake, anybody? Can anybody talk about this? Dennis, anyone? Give us a little fill in what's going on. We're having this at uh, the gathering, Pastor Tom Gill's church, because Sky, boy, folks, you wouldn't, you wouldn't believe the freaks that surround our house with this concert. You wouldn't, I'm telling you, you wouldn't believe it. They're everywhere. 
everywhere, everywhere. So Sky High is occupied, not with the freaks, but with uh, it's occupied. So we can't have this event at, at Sky High. So Tom Gill's uh, kind enough to let us use his uh, gathering. And uh, we're going to get the men together on, on Friday evening from 6 until 9. And Dennis, anybody out there can add anything? Doesn't matter. If you want to come, come. Come. Cool. Kevin Van Store, you want to jump in here? I see. Go ahead. Knock, knock. Am I working today? Knock, knock. All right. Kevin doesn't want to. Uh, Myra, what do you want to say? Yes, Coach. Uh, people are already traveling, OJ and Dorita. Uh, so uh, anybody coming to the PA uh, event, uh, we pray travel mercies on them. It's going to be a great event. And I give praise and glory. I say at 2619, come, my people, enter thou into thy chambers and shut thy doors about thee. Hide thyself as it were for a little moment until thy indignation be overpassed. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Silver, you ready? He said, what? By the way, I got some new camo hats, folks. I got to pick them up today. The old, uh, the old, uh, what do they call that? Desert camo? No, no. I went back to the, whoops, if I can find it here. Uh, we've got coming in today. I hate to tear this one up. The, the, the real camo, the time a deer hunter would wear. Not this stuff. The camo's under. I don't want to take it off. All right. I got some of those coming in today. So Joe's got his hat on. That's what made me think of it. And Joe, I want you to read something for us here today, if you could. Okay, sir. That's yeah. not a problem. That's not a problem. Uh, I'll raise my hand to let you know that I hear you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, Kevin Van Story must have fell asleep out there with his hand on the switch. Or anything. I can I can figure out. Uh, uh, man, I see. Like right now, that's what that's what's going on inside of me. And so I look over on, on the things that I've prepared for the show, and I need the Holy Spirit to tell me where to go next because every one of these things is so important. It's so important. So I just pray out there that when I get a little bit, that you guys give me some grace, okay? Hey, this job may look easy, but I promise you, it ain't. Come on in, Betty. Uh, good morning. Don't worry, I feel like that horse every morning, too. Uh, I am ready to hear you roll. So I am going, hurry up. (laughs) Amen, amen. (laughs) Get that muzzle on me if you can. Get those reins on me, Silver. Pull me back. (laughs) So look, look, uh, my wife gets up this morning and she starts, it's, it's amazing. She starts reading almost the same thing I'm reading. And then I get a text from Tracy, and she says, Coach, did you see this this morning? I, I, oh, wait a minute. I don't make fun of you, Tracy. I, you don't talk like that. Uh, you said, uh, 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 Coach, did you see this, or are you believing that? But, so, so I said, boy, Lord, bang, bang. That's three-time That's three time confirmation. I get it. So, Silver, we're going to pull up here uh, John 8. Where is it? Number seven. It's number seven, Spence. <laughs> and this is long, and I, you guys know I never, ever do this. But Joseph Silver is going to read this entire chapter of John 8 with us here today. All right? Because this is Jesus 
confronting the religious system. Now, we people said, you know, Coach, Jesus never did anything with politics. Folks, listen. The church was the politics over Jesus. The church were the politicians. The church controlled everything the Jews did. That was not the Romans. The Jews had to follow Roman law to a degree, but everything the Jews did was controlled by the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They were Sadducee. And so they controlled everything. And so Jesus walks into, dare I say it, he walks into this U.S. Congress meeting and he addresses the representatives. We have to see it this way, folks. Jesus is coming in and he is defending the people against a tyrannical government. So somebody give me a thumbs up. Say, oh, I get it. I get it. Oh, I get it. Jesus said, you guys, you heap up burdens on old ladies. He said, you you lock up the kingdom of heaven. You don't go in. You don't let anybody else go in. Jesus is in Congress reading the riot act to Congress. You get it, folks? You get it? That's why when he stood before Pilate, Jesus said, you got no power over me. (laughs) Meaning, first of all, Nobody had power over Jesus other than the Father, but he was making it very clear to to Pilate, hey, dude, my bone picking ain't with you. I didn't come here to pick a bone with you. I came on this other kingdom. My kingdom's not of this world. I came here to direct my people into my kingdom. It got nothing to do with you. And they said, are you a king? He said, yeah, yep, I am. They didn't get it. He was a king. But he wasn't king of the Romans. By the way, he was king of the Jews. Isn't that what they said? But really, was that even the truth? Was he king just of the Jews? Of course not. They called him king of the Jews. He didn't call himself that. Uh, he's, he might have said, uh, you have said it. But he's not just king of the Jews. He's king of the Hebrews. He's king of the English. He's king of the Brits. He's king of the Japanese. He's king of the South Americans. If they said to you, are you a king? Is he going to lie? Say, nope. (laughs) Nope, not me. (laughs) He's a king. But his bone being picked was with the religious establishment that thought they had rule over him. We have to understand this, okay? We have to see this from this perspective. And we're in a position in America today where Jesus, if he were here today, he wouldn't be in Congress. He would be in your local church. He would be getting after your pastor saying, what the heck are you allowing to happen? I came to expand the kingdom. My kingdom come. My will be done. Why won't you stand up and fight? In fact, Jesus said, When they were arresting him, he said, hey, look, even right now, I could call down angels and they could fight like the dickens, even right now. We know he said that, right? But somewhere along the line, those of us who are Christians, we thought no fighting, no fighting. Jesus didn't get involved in politics. Dudes, 
He was at the heart of the political system, which was the Sanhedrin, the Supreme Court of its day. Okay, I laid the scene, right? Now, Joe, this is a lot of scriptures, and I'm going to do the best I can. Put this in my mouth. I'll just let you read. I'll try to shut up and just let you read, although no, I know I can't. So go ahead, Joe. Go ahead and read. Folks, listen. This is important. This is important. If we don't get this basic premise that Jesus Christ was at war with the religious world. Go ahead, Joe. John 8. Jesus went unto the Mount of Olives, and early in the morning he came again into the temple. Where'd he go? No. Where'd he go? Into the temple. Who's there? And all the people came unto him, and he sat down and taught them. Wow. And the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in in the midst. Stop a minute, Joe. Who brought him? The the media. The media and Nancy Pelosi's crew showed up and set this adulterous woman down in their midst. They say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? Folks, they're setting him up. They're setting him up. Don't you see this? They want him to say, we don't have to follow the law. That's what they want him to say, because he's already shown up. He told him he's representing a king. He's a king. He's representing a kingdom, and they're trying to bust him out. They're trying to see whether or not he's pulling an insurrection on them. This what do you say? say? This they said, tempting him, that they might have to accuse him. Mm. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. Wow, what a picture. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. He didn't say don't stone her. He didn't say that. He didn't say don't follow the law. He know they couldn't trap him. <laughs> That's what they wanted him to say. See, keep going. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience. Wow, underline that. Underline that. And they when they heard it, when you speak the truth, some are going to be convicted by their own conscience. Go ahead, Joe. Went out one by one beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had lifted himself up and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where art thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. But, but... Go Stop doing it. Stop doing it. Go and sin no more. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, 
I am the light of the world. Joe, 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 let's not miss context. Spake again unto who, Joe? Is the people that were at his teaching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Including some of the Pharisees and Sadducees, right? That wanted to, wanted to trap him. So he starts again speaking to them. And what does he say? Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Okay, so get, get ready. The fight's about to begin. Fight's about to begin. The Pharisees therefore said unto him, Thou bearest record of thyself. Thy record is not true. Jesus answered and said unto them, Though I bear record of myself, and yet my record is true, for I know whence I came and whither I go, but ye cannot tell whence I come and whither I go. You ain't been where I've been, he said. <laughs> you don't get it, baby. You can, you can say all you want to. You ain't, you ain't been where I've been. Ye judge after the flesh. I judge no man. And yet, if I judge, my judgment is true. For I am not alone, but I and the Father that sent me. Wow, 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 wow. It is also written in your law. He smacks, he smacks them in the face with their own law. Go ahead, Joe. It is also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. I am one that bear witness of myself, and the Father that sent me beareth witness of me. Wow, now he's got them then. Now they're really mad. And they said unto him, Where is thy father? Jesus answered, Ye neither know me nor my father. If ye had known me, you should have known my father also. These words spake Jesus in the treasury as he taught in the temple. And no man laid hands on him, for his hour was not yet come. Plus, he hadn't done anything wrong, right? He's having a rhetorical fight, a word battle with them. Oh, they want to they want to string him up, baby. They want to string him up. Remember, he's before the Congress of the, of the uh, Jewish people, right? 21. Then said Jesus again unto them, I go my way, and ye shall seek me, and shall die in your sins. Whither I go, you cannot come. Wow, 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 wow. <laughs> then said the Jews, Will he kill himself? Because he saith, Whither I go, ye cannot come. And he said unto them, Ye are from beneath. I Whoa! Whoa, whoa, whoa. Where are they from, Joe? Beneath. What's beneath? <laughs> ah, ooh, keep going. I am from above. Ye are of this world. I am not of this world. My goodness. I said therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins. For if ye believeth not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. Then said they unto him, Who art thou? And Jesus said unto them, Even the same that I said unto you from the beginning. What did he say at the beginning? He told them who he was at the beginning. He and his daddy were one. They were the same, right? That his dad bore witness, two witnesses, that who he was. I have many things. 
I have many things to say and to judge of you, but he that sent me is true, and I speak to the world those things which I have heard of him. Buckle up, boys. Buckle up. They understood not that he spoke to them of the Father. He just said, if you know the Father, you're going to know who I am. And if you know who I am, you know who the Father is. But if you don't know who either one of us are, we got some trouble here. 28. Then said Jesus unto them, When ye have lifted up the Son of Man, then ye shall know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself. But as my Father hath taught me, I speak these things. Ooh, here we go. And he that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. Well, wouldn't that be great if we did that? Wouldn't that be great if we simply did that? I always do the things that please him. As he spake these words, many started to believe on him. Hmm. Many picked up the anointing. But watch this, Joe. This is so good here. 31. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then ye are my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the, and the truth shall make you free. Pause. Pause. What's going to make you free? Truth. The truth? No, 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 that's a trick. That's a trick. If you continue in my word, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. If you don't continue in his word, then the truth's not going to make you free. You got to continue in it, right? Keep going. They answered him, Joe. They're mad. They didn't like what he had to say. <laughs> they answered him. Man, hang on. Nancy Pelosi's pounding the gavel. She's pounding the gavel. Because why? He's speaking to the politicians of his day who just happened to be religious in the church. They answered him. We be Abraham's seed and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, you shall be made free? Mm. Jesus answered them, said, Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, whosoever committeth sin is a servant of sin. Whoever committeth sin serves sin. What a picture that is. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth ever. If the son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. Mm. I know that ye are Abraham's seed, but you seek. Folks, he's getting to the nitty gritty now. This is where they're going to really get ticked off. Verse 37. I know that ye are Abraham's seed, but you seek to kill me because my word hath no place in you. Wow. Religious. Religious. His word has no place. They got their robes on. They got their nice hats on. They're swinging their incense. He says, look, man, you want to kill me because my word has, no, you don't have my word written in your heart. Keep going. I speak that which I've seen with my father, and ye do that which you have seen with your father. Oh, Joe! They don't have the same dad? Oh, I speak that which I've seen with my father, and you act like your daddy. 39. They answered and said unto him, 
Abraham. Abraham's our father. What are you talking about? Jesus said unto them, If ye were Abraham's children, ye would do the works of Abraham. But now ye seek to kill me, a man that hath told you the truth. Is, that, folks, is, this, is this America? Huh? Is this America? But now you seek to kill me, a man that has told you the truth? Which I have heard of God. This did not Abraham. Ye de, you do the deeds of your father. Then said they to him, We be not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. Jesus said unto them, If God were your father, ye would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. God sent me. I'm, my daddy sent me. He and I are one and the same. Why do you not understand my speech? Remember what we told you? If you don't have the Holy Spirit, you cannot receive the things of the Spirit. He said, how come you don't understand it? Even because you cannot hear my word. 44, Joe, he's about to slam him. Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. Joe, hang on a second. Who's he talking to? Pharisees. The religious leaders and Nancy Pelosi's. Yeah. He's talking to the people who supposedly rule and reign over him. He said, you, you ain't you aren't my you ain't serving my dad. You're serving your dad. Go ahead. Start again, at 40, start again at 44, Joe. I'll try to behave here. Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning. And abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, you believe me not. Which of you convinceth me of sin? And if I say the truth, why do you not believe me? Mm. He that is of God heareth God's words. Ye therefore hear them not, because because ye, ye are not, not of God. Oh my goodness, is he slamming these guys? Then answered the Jews and said unto him, Say we not well that thou art a Samaritan and has cat and has a devil. No, he. So they say, Well, what about that? What about you? Are we right if we say that you're a Samaritan? You have a devil. Jesus. You're the devil, Jesus. You're the devil, not us. We're the religious folks. Look at the garments we wear. We got helmets. We got robes. We got shoes. Look at us. We're the one. You're the one. You're of your. You're the son of the devil. Jesus answered, "I have not a devil, but I honor my father, and ye do dishonor me." Wow. And I seek not mine own glory. There is one that seeketh. And judgeth. Uh oh. Verily, verily, I say unto you, if a man keep my saying, he shall never see death. Uh oh. Now they're going to, this. here comes the a crescendo here. The guy in the background planted symbols. <laughs> then said the Jews unto him, Now we know that thou hast a devil. Abraham is dead, and the prophets, and thou sayest, 
if a man keep me keep my saying, he shall never taste death. Art thou greater than our father Abraham, which is dead, and the prophets are dead? Who makest thou thyself? Who do you think you are? Abraham's dead. The prophets are dead. We're the religious guys. We got the hats. We got the robes. Who do you think you are, Jesus? Jesus answered, if I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my father that honoreth me, of whom ye say that he is your God. Yet ye have not known him, but, mm. I, know, but I know him. And if I should say, I know him not, I shall be a liar like unto you. Wow. I know him and keep his saying. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. And then said the Jews unto him, Thou art not yet 50 years old, and thou hast seen Abraham? You liar. Abraham's been dead for a thousand years, and you said you see him. You scumbag, you liar. Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. (laughs) Woo! The great I am. A great I am standing in the Senate and the Congress and giving them Hades, raising hell with the boys, telling them the truth. And then what did, what did Pelosi and the folks want to do, Joe? Verse 59. They took up stones to cast at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. Boom. Wow, 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 wow. Then he gave me a boom. Uh, boom. <laughs> he showed up and he delivered the mail. He showed up and delivered, said, listen, I don't know. Uh, you put on all those robes you want to. You put on those nice hats. And you grow that beard as long as, I, as you want to. Let me make something very, very clear here. You're not serving my father. You're serving your father, the devil. That's what you're doing. You're serving your father, the devil. And they had never been confronted like that. They couldn't stand it. They wanted to stone him right on the spot. And he walked away. Got out of it. So, friends, I hate to tell you this. Jesus is the one that told us that many in the religious institution do not have Yahweh as their father. They have a different daddy. (laughs) He's in the church. He's in the church. Telling them, you're not my boys. (laughs) Sorry, you ain't my brothers. You can put on all those funny costumes you want to, follow all the laws and all the rules you want to. <laughs> your, your daddy's a devil. Wow, huh? Wow! Was Jesus involved in politics? Yeah, I think maybe he was. I think maybe he was. Come on in, Jeff. Golly. Hey, that was good, wasn't it? When's the last time you ever read a deep, full chapter like that, man? Thanks, Joe. Sorry to interrupt. No, I'm not. That's a lie. That's a lie. Joe, I'm not sorry to interrupt. Go ahead, Jeff. Yes. uh, The mayor came to me. He came to me. And we went outside and had a discussion. And he accused me of calling people names. And I quoted, mentioned Matthew 23 at John (laughs) chapter 8. Verse 44. You're off. Your father, father of lies. He called people 
well, names, sort of speak, okay? And this guy, see, he claims to be a Christian. And what I found out, there's so many immature believers, they do not know. They're not immature believers. They were never saved to begin with. Angie, come on in. Good morning. I absolutely love John A. because it's such an example of how Jesus just took their own words and threw them right back at him. But one of the things I want to remind people of is that when he says, I do the will and the works and the word of my father, he's talking about the only original blueprint they had for living their life, and that was the Torah, the first five books, that will, that which was read every Shabbat in the temple. And so when they brought that woman to him, Torah law requires they bring both the man and the woman for that for that conviction, and they only brought the woman, so there was strike one. Then their law also requires that they have two witnesses that come forward to, to you know, proclaim their guilt. No two witnesses stepped forward, and the witnesses, according to Torah law, are the first to cast the stones. And so when he said, you who are without sin, cast the first stones, they had no witness, they didn't have the man, and nobody could come forward. And so I think it's important, if you know and understand the first five books, you're going to understand so much more about what Jesus is actually talking and why, this, why, they, why he literally just trapped them in their own trap. And so that, it's an interesting that he was writing in the sand. What do you think he was writing? I mean, the, you know, all of a sudden, I'm thinking he's probably writing the Torah law that says you're violating all this stuff, right? So it's interesting. Right. It's speculation, but it all kind of fits in nicely. And, and the word, whenever they talk about the word, the word is always Torah. It is written in Torah, and it is always that. And Psalm 119 does a great job of telling the importance of the word and the Torah, which is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Amen. Amen. I think he's writing in the sand uh, the times they'd had sex with her as well. Jesus is writing down Joe, Bill, Tom. <laughs> so, yeah, go ahead, boys. He among you without sin, you go ahead and throw the first stone. Harry, Larry, Sherry. Michelle, come on in. Thanks, Coach. Um, yeah, good good analysis. Um, so, first of all, you're right. This was totally a setup because, like Angela, I think, said, yeah, where was the man? They weren't going to stone the man. And the order of events, the high priest is supposed to be the one, and they're, they're supposed to write the woman's name or whoever they want to convict's name, and then their sin in the sand. That's what's supposed to happen. So they twisted um, the truth. So they twist the truth. Is that what they do? Well, I just find it interesting that where where was the high priest? The high priest didn't do, wasn't even doing his job. So they really were trying to anyway. And if you are guilty, then they wipe your name, and that is where they get uh, blot out your name. That's one of the things. And yes, they wanted in the end to stone Jesus for blasphemy for claiming that he was God. Amen. Um, so yeah. the point I want to point out is. He said, y'all have a daddy that is not my daddy. Y'all have a different daddy here. And you notice how it was the oldest who left first? They probably had more sin. Amen. (laughs) Probably did. Debbie, come on in. I'm sorry. Yeah, Debbie, then Janine. Well, the one thing I want to add to that is that Jesus was very shrewd in what he said to people. So when he said to them, 
about sin cast the first stone, then he challenged them because they knew that God was the only one that was without sin. So how were they going to cast the first stone and say to the world, I am without sin, therefore I would be God. So, uh, you know, I think that's that's very notable. You know, he does that in the Bible many times. He sort of um, checkmates these people. So in, in today's vernacular, we were seeing unequal justice, weren't we? We were seeing the Pharisees and the Sadducees apply one system of justice to this woman and another system of justice to people who had a little bit more money or a little higher prestige in society. And Jesus hates that unequal justice. He hates it. He hates it. There's nothing new under the sun. Janine, then Bernie. Um, everyone kind of focuses on the woman, and yes, that's a true. That's true what they're saying. However, if you go to verse twenty, it says these words spake Jesus in the treasury. It says oh. it's hard for a man to go through uh, up to God when they're rich. I think he knelt down because they were in charge of the treasury, laying unjust weights and weights and measures on the people. He mm-hmm. kneeled down and he. St- wrote down what they probably were stealing, how they were um, laying burdens on people, you name it, but they were in the treasury and I, they're in charge. Who's in charge of our money today? What burdens are they making on us? Oh my goodness, Jenny. That's right. Look at, just look around folks. Look at what they're doing to us financially in the, see nothing new under the sun, is it? And isn't it amazing that you of your father, the devil Jesus compares it to the ones that are dealing with the money. In fact, when he went into the temple, who did he throw out? The money changers, didn't he? See, we, we're not concerned enough about unjust weights and measures. Lord's very, very concerned about it, including money and the application and use of money. And, and we don't understand that. Because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And if you're hugging on to and doing all kinds of devious things to get more money, your heart is far from him. Your pocketbook reveals who you serve. Bernie, come on in. Yeah, thanks, Coach. Yeah, this story is really interesting, and it's vague, I think, for a reason. It's supposed to make us think about it and put all these try and put these pieces together. But this, I'm just going to throw in a different twist and something to think about. That uh, number one, he came to save people, not not to condemn them. The most, the law of Moses condemns us. Number two, the um, in in Moses, God wrote with his finger in a rock, and Jesus writes in the sand. Um, that, I think that's significant. He could have just written a law. The point is that they're all guilty, and we all need to be saved. Another thing, you know, Moses had to go up to God, and here he gets down. He's God's coming down to us, and um, and so I, I think that I see a lot, a lot of the re, the redemption story uh, being put in there, and we have to come under conviction. The, the purpose of the law is to show us that we need to be saved, you know. So I just throwing that out, and um, you guys, all you guys have a lot of really good thoughts, and I appreciate all that too. So it's important, isn't it? Truth matters. Truth really, really matters to the Lord. Truth yeah, really matters to the Lord. Let, let me, uh, as we wind down here, let me let me throw another one right on the plate for you. And then pull up number six for me, if you would, real quick. I got a lot of, I, today's one of those days I had, <clears throat> had a lot of, I can go, I could go 30 different directions with some really, some pretty good stuff here. 
Uh, Spence, can you throw that up there for me, brother? Num- number six, confused by numbers. I just saw this. Uh, I thought it was interesting. Scroll down here a little bit. <clears throat> Make it a little bit larger if you could. So my old there. The numbers don't add up, of course. And figures never lie, but liars do figure. This old Saul goes. A recent YouGov poll asked people to look in the mirror, asking them how they envision the country. It turns out Americans vastly overestimate the size of all minority groups. Folks, remember, divide and conquer is the, that is, are the wiles of the devil. Divide and conquer, right? So why is everything portrayed, uh, went a little bit, anyway, they make, they make minority groups seem larger than they are. That's what the, that's what the media, the devil, the Luciferians are trying to do. They want us to believe everybody's transgender, everybody's homosexual, everybody, everybody, everybody. Well, a recent YouGov poll asked people to look in the mirror, asking them how they envision this country. It turns out America vastly overestimates the size of all minority groups, representing an overscaling problem for which there should be some accounting. The poll's findings are alarming. Number one, what percentage of the country is black? The average answer was 41%, but the actual number is 12. Of course, if you watch television commercials, you would think 90% of America is black. What percentage of marriages are mixed races? The average answer from the average person, ah, 50%. The actual number is one, 1%. If you watch television commercials, you think it's more likely 99%. What percentage in Latinx, what percentage are Latinos? Well, the average person says ah, 39%, 39%, at least 39% of America's Latino. The actual number is 16. By the way, more Latinos than blacks. Also, most Latinos hate the word Latinx. They hate it. How many families make over $500,000 a year? The the average person answered uh, 26%. One out of four make $500,000 a year. Well, the actual number is 1%. We somehow think a quarter of the country is rich. What percentage of Americans are vegetarian? The average person answered, oh, about 30%. One out of three people are vegetarian. The actual number is five. What percentage of Americans live in New York City? The average answer, the astounding people think 30% of Americans live in New York City. 30% live in New York City. The actual number, three. What percentage of Americans are transgender? The answer most often given was uh, about 22%. The actual number is not even 1%. What percentage of your fellow citizens are gay? Well, the average person answered, oh, about 30%. The actual number is just three. So why do people have such bogus and inaccurate estimates? It's the media. The media and advertisers race, run race, gender, and wealth stories constantly. See, they want to punish the wealthy because we think that's, a whole, that's everybody, the wealthy. No. There's next to nothing about the average Tom, Dick, Harry, Sue, or Karen. Nothing about the so-called boobs and flyover country or the exurbs. 
Nothing about everyday life lived by the majority of real people. What's the result? Americans are constantly brainwashed by the nation's corporate left-wing media. It's misinformation and propaganda galore. Hitler's own propaganda minister, Joseph Goebbels, would be proud if he'd seen the success of what they've done to America. You know, I'm not going to read the rest of it. My people are destroyed because they've been believing lies. They've been telling us lies, and we've been believing lies. Roger, come on in. Dave, I agree with those numbers. The problem is the heathens join with those numbers. So the 20 or 25%, they join with that 10%. And then it looks even, it looks bigger. See, that's one of the problems is those numbers are small. But when the heathens join in and support them and encourage them and love them, those numbers many times will triple. Mm. Roger, what a great point. They called those what, advocates? Wouldn't it be great to do a real uh, silent, secretive poll where nobody would ever know and ask how many Americans would like homosexuality to be taught in our schools? What do you suppose the number would be on that, Silver? What, what percentage of Americans, if they were free to really tell you the truth, would be in support of teaching gay rights to our kids? That many. Whatever that many is. Right, yeah, but they want to. They want to try to convince us that we're part of this huge my, minority of bigots. Everybody else loves them. Everybody else, but you're bigots. You're MAGA supporters. You're fundamental Christians. There's just a little bit of you. We're gonna get rid of you. It's just the opposite. Just the opposite. Unbelievable, huh? One other thing I want to show you real quick. How much time I got? Because I can't see my clock anymore. Okay. 7.54. Thank you, man. Uh, pull up. Where was it? The FBI whistleblower. Pull that up. That's number three. I don't, did you guys see this? And probably didn't see this. Whistleblower has identified an FBI special agent, Steve Friend. This guy has had the courage to go public He's exposed the disgusting FBI lies and unprecedented attacks on conservative Americans. Scroll on down there if you can, because there's a video I want you to play. This guy has the gonads to come out and say what's really going on. Go ahead and play this. It's from Tucker. A whistleblower from within the FBI recently revealed that the Biden administration is manipulating the way January 6th case files are maintained. The goal of this is to create the illusion, the false sense that there is a tidal wave of right-wing domestic terrorism all over the country. But it's a lie, because there isn't. Miranda Devine of the New York Post has identified this FBI whistleblower and spoken directly to him. She joins us tonight. Miranda, thanks so much for coming on. What did you learn? Thanks, Tucker. Well, I learned that Stephen Friend, FBI special agent still serving, who was suspended on Monday, is an American hero. Uh, You know, he had the dream job. He's been with the FBI for 12 years. He's a SWAT team member. But he just could not live with his conscience after he was dragged off these very important child um, porn, child exploitation, human trafficking investigations. He's been pulled off of an investigation of child molestation and child trafficking. He's been pulled off of that unit to go after January 6th. Violators. Go ahead. 
that he was working on and put on these really bogus January 6 cases that just serve to, uh, I guess, back up the rhetoric that we're hearing from the White House that domestic terrorism is the, the worst uh, threat to America um, since the Civil War. And so uh, he could see from on the ground how the FBI Washington field office was manipulating these cases to try and uh, expand and pretend that the, the problem was bigger than it was. And he also uh, didn't want to participate in what raids on um, people who had just uh, were being, you know, accused of misdemeanors at worst, uh, innocent yeah. American citizens. And, uh, you know, it, they were being told to investigate people who hadn't even gone to Washington, D.C. that day. In one case, a man had been at his son's funeral that day, uh, yet he had FBI agents knocking on his door. People were being surveilled. Um, this is just such an abuse of their civil rights. And Steve Friend stood up and said, I will not do this. He did everything the right way. Way. He complained to his, uh, all his supervisors. He told them what FBI rules were being violated and what policies were not being followed and what constitutional rights of American citizens were being abused. And he was ignored. He was threatened. And he's now, this afternoon, filed a whistleblower complaint with the Inspector General, Michael Horowitz. Um, and he's also been talking to Senator Chuck Grasley and some of the Republicans uh, about his complaints. And he um, is there. You see his photograph online, 37-year-old man, father of two young children. Uh, it took a lot of courage to do this at great risk to himself and uh, blowing up a career he loved. It's, it's baffling that he's the one being punished when he didn't do anything wrong. And I hope that there are many more whistleblowers like him. I've got to think a lot of FBI agents are, are very are. distressed. Yeah. Well, good. Um, He's Brandon the Vine, first thank of you. many. Yeah. Thank you. For Folks, listen. Thank you. That kingdom is coming down. Do you understand that? Do you really, really understand that, that that kingdom's coming down? And everything that we're dealing with, you are of your father, the devil, and the works of your father, you will do. Mm. What, what is the number one work of... The devil, he's a liar. Folks, he's a liar from the beginning. There is no truth in him. So who's the father and the head of the FBI? The devil. <laughs> and his kids are acting like their daddy. Do you get it? Do you get it? But of course, hey, hey, we're not going to mix the sacred with the secular in our pulpit. Oh, no, we're not going to get involved politics. Finish me up here, Randy. Come on in. Yeah, Coach, what I just saw was Jesus was the ultimate whistleblower, wasn't he? <laughs> yes, he was, buddy. Yes, he was. That's right. And there'll be more guys because, listen, courage engenders courage. huh? This first guy has stood up. It says right there there's at least 20 now who've contacted uh, House Republicans. House Republicans, that's the Pharisees and the Sadducees as well. But the truth is beginning to come out, and it's going to come out, friends. So I want, I want you to, to be encouraged. You know, I talked yesterday about what's going on here on the 23rd, 24th, 25th of September, and I believe something significant is going to happen. As Myra read at the beginning, in one hour, Babylon is coming down because, oh, my goodness, the Lord is not going to permit his name, and his people to be drugged through the mud. I don't want to shock you out there, 
but I believe that the greatest revival the world has ever seen stands on the threshold of this mess that we see going on right now. And the Lord is about to pull out the rug. What a time to be alive. Bless you, man. See you tomorrow.